We don't ask successful real estate investors, were you born with that or did you learn it? You're born with a drive to want to or not to some degree. You can be inspired and influenced by those around you. So if you're around people who are striving for bigger and better, you can grow within yourself even if you don't intuitively have it. Welcome to Turning Profit, a podcast for people that love real estate. Learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth. Visit turningprofit.com for a wealth of investor resources. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and Heather Reese. Welcome to the Turning Profit Podcast. Heather, it's so great to be here once again. Yeah, I'm excited for this week. Um, we're actually having a rainstorm. If You, you might want to yeah. hear it. Yeah, it's not sunny Southern California today. It is Rainy Southern California. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't even say it because you're so not used to it. I know. It. I, not, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. On the way to our daughter uh, going to school, I was talking about how much I love days like this. And she said, why is it? Because you can really buckle down. I, at least I feel like, okay, I'm almost forced to stay inside. Okay. And it sets the mood. It's like great ambiance sounds. And I said that it's like when I like to get a lot of stuff done. So I think the same thing can kind of go for this podcast. There's a lot that we could talk about in that kind of whole mindset thing where it plays into it. So, but, but what exactly, are, what's the topic? Well, the, what's the, the working title? Yeah. The, the working title is how to be a successful real estate investor. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that yeah. is right there, right? You know, I've gotten the the chance to interact with a lot of successful real estate investors over time. A lot of them have some really common characteristics. We're going to go through some of those common characteristics. Doesn't mean that if you don't have one of these things, you're not going to be successful, something like that. But but uh, there are some similarities. And uh, these things are not like you have them or you don't have them. Sometimes we have varying levels of these things. And they all combine to sort of um, determine whether you're successful or not. Right. So. And along the same lines is that these are all learned things, too. Some people are just born with stuff like our youngest is very artistic right okay that's something that's harder to intuitively have but most of these things i guess you could teach yourself if you spend oh, enough yeah. time you could be a, a fantastic artist if you well, had that drive me. no have but you I ever mean, seen my drawing well i you're better than me that's that and <laughs> and that's Maybe not saying much at all somebody's in on the video right <laughs> i know i we did this one challenge when our youngest was little i was like let dry yourself on a desert island and or she asked me that and i drew like a circle and a stick figure like just laying there you know like and I think there was a palm tree and like one of the suns and a bird and hers was this like almost like 3D and I was like yeah you, you have this or you don't and it was embarrassing but you I ever go to macaroni grill remember Mac going to macaroni grill where they have the pay, the uh, tablecloths or around? paper I don't know I don't know I've been haven't been there in a long time but they have uh they have paper tablecloths and you can draw on them <laughs> with crayons and stuff I always thought that was the greatest is that when we discovered someone had talent and someone does it? Uh, well, we would always have a competition uh, with uh, with the kids and who could do the best drawing and stuff. And mine was always worst. And the uh, the waiter's like, oh, that's, that's great. Uh, this is embarrassing. But a lot of these things that I think you can learn them, but a lot of these, a lot of these things, it's like, yes, you identify it, but we don't ask successful real estate investors, were you born with that or did you learn it? Right. You're born with a drive to want to or not to some degree. You can be inspired and influenced by those around you. So if you're around people who are striving for for bigger and better, that you'll absorb that even if you don't have it. I, I truly believe that. However, I think all of these things, which I haven't looked up because I never do. Okay. But I bet you, you these are ones that you can grow within yourself, even if you don't intuitively have it. Of course. Yes. So as don't discount as, yourself. Yeah, yeah. As humans, we're always progressing. I'm always trying to get better and I'm always trying to improve certain things. And, you know, sometimes I, I, uh, accelerate my 
I'm learning in some areas and some areas, sometimes it doesn't go as fast, but I'm always working on things, trying to figure out where I need to improve. Right. Well, I mean, there's really a, a lot at this point, there's really not so much, but right. There's know. not much room left for improvement yeah, because you're yeah, just ex- peak performance. Yeah, exactly. It's, okay. Yeah. You keep telling yourself tough that. being me. Okay. I've got these in no particular Wait, order. Anyone who can't see this. Like, I'm joking. I'm, yeah. I'm like rolling my eyes at him and laughing at him. This, this is a, his it, rolling joke. Yeah. But it's a, it's a joke. So don't take I mean, me too seriously. I don't. Out of the two of us, it's more perfect. I mean, clearly there's a winner, but <laughs> right. And right. those who can't see this. And she's not pointing at me. Right. But also, that's a good reminder. If you are a podcast listener and you like doing it, and that's great. Keep listening on podcasts. If you're someone who likes videos, we do show these videos on YouTube. So Yeah, yeah. We we are really working hard on our YouTube channel. So it's not just the podcast episodes. Right, We've yeah. got a podcast episode every Tuesday that posts to the channel and obviously mm-hmm. to the um, to the, um, uh, the, the audio version of the podcast, but then also on Wednesday, or I mean, on Thursdays, we're releasing another video that is, uh, you know, a combination of different things. We have interviews with students that have gone through our, one of our programs, partner repeat, or, you know, one of our training programs, or, uh, we're also releasing our income report videos and things. So we've got a lot of stuff on the channel and we're going to be doing a lot more content and then lots of shorts as well. Right. On the channel, so. It oh, is actually it's at turning profit if you're wondering where it's at on YouTube yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. yeah, it just got actually dark here like it's almost nighttime. It's yeah. very strange. OK, yeah. well, hopefully the the lights hold up for this whole yeah, thing. Hopefully right? they hold up. Hold up. OK, so let's jump into it. Yeah. OK, so here's one of the most important characteristics mm-hmm. that I, I see as a, a consistent thing be, between uh, real estate investors that are successful. And I would say that's persistence. So I personally value persistence quite a bit. And it's one of those traits that I always am trying to work and work on. I think that's one of my superpowers, persistence. Uh, it's one of our kind of core values in our, in our company and everything is persistence because a lot of problems can be solved with persistence. A lot of things Just can be achieved with persistence. Breaking down the, uh, <laughs> you're, you're persistent to a, to a point. Do you think it's too far? No. I don't think so either. I just wanted no. to set you up and see what you would say. Uh, it's funny because it's a, that's another thing that we we strive in our children. Like it's, you know, it's not going to be super easy. Nothing worth having or doing is easy. But if you persistently, like you say, I'm this is just what I'm going to do. And you persistently try to meet that challenge. That's where like the magic happens. Yep. Right. Hey, so, hey sometimes things don't work out. You, you try something or whatever and it doesn't work out right away. Uh, but with persistence, yeah, enough persistence, you can normally get there. You can get things to work. You can achieve whatever goal you're trying to get to. So, but you're not going to, you're not going to achieve that goal. You're not going to do what you need to do if you're, if you're, if you're giving up too early. Right. So. And you know, they say that when they go back and do those studies that, you know, most people give up like, you know, within 2% of the effort where they would have hit success. Yeah. It was right before, right, right. before. And, yeah. and that is hard because it's like, you don't want to keep putting it. You don't want to be, oh, I hate saying that phrase. What's another one for like, keep beating a dead horse. I hate oh, that. Okay. Okay. Keep beating a dead what's, horse. What's I... a better one, but it's the same kind of thing. You uh-huh. know, you're in your brain, you're saying, I don't want to, I don't want to keep like, this isn't working. I don't want to keep throwing money at it. This is, you know, whatever. It's kind of that, that space where you're saying, okay, how much more do I want to give? Right. And but a lot of people stop. And I think a lot of people don't stop because of actual facts. They stop because of fear. And so I think that's also why it's important to have kind of a, a plan and and the steps that you're going to do. Kind of like if we're talking about land investing, your course, right? Mm-hmm. So like following those steps are so important because if you're doing it on your own without that, you might kind of just be like, I put in all this effort and I'm not where I want to be. It's yeah. because the path isn't clear. Yeah. Yeah. You're the steps you're taking. Maybe that never will work. Right. But 
when you're following a proven system, mm-hmm. you're following people that have done it before or are doing it currently, you know it works. Right. It's just a matter of tweaking things and, and being persistent enough to make it happen. So if you're if you're charting new territory, you know, maybe you're going down the road that'll never work. But if you're following someone that has already figured out or following a system that's already defined, there's good evidence there that it works. You just need to maybe tweak your approach a little bit to, to get to that point. So persistence will pay off certainly in those situations. And uh, it's one of the qualities that I see in real estate investors that are really doing well is they've got that persistence level. Well, if they have so, that no quit attitude, like I'm going to make this happen. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care you know what steps I have to do. I don't care about the effort I have to put into it. We were talking to someone who just started a business, not in real estate actually even, but they're in that, like they just launched it and they said that they're not going to be taking any vacations. The general consensus between all of us was that that was okay because this is exciting. Mm-hmm. They weren't upset about it. They right. knew that they were in that build mode. And that's that persistence that that you need for any business. You know, it's like where you're looking at that goal and you're kind of like, okay, I know I'm going to be going through some stuff, but I'm not going to give up until I get there. Because I know that that works. It's just like uh, sports, you know, like they go through a training camp or something like mm-hmm. that. They know it's going to be really hard. They know, they know they've got to do these certain things in order to make that happen. If you're starting a business or something like that, uh, you're going to be going through that stuff you were talking about. Mm-hmm. You need to uh, push through that, have the persistence to get that done. And think about it. Uh, think about it in a good way. View it as a positive experience. And you're probably not going to be able to live your life like normal uh, while you're going through that. But it's a it's a fun journey. So if you view it that way. Did your high school have Hell Week for sports? Did is that uh, still a no? Thing? No, we had that for a fraternity that was in. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hell Week. <laughs> that so is basically funny. just more hazing. So more hazing. Yeah. We didn't have that in a sorority. I mean, okay. not not defined, but I okay. think we had Hell Week in high school for all of the sport. Like we all had to, it was like one week at the hottest point of it. But yeah, you're right. It, it kind of makes you appreciate the other side. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. I don't think Hell Week's appropriate. I don't think that's necessary in fraternities, sororities, or right. high school sports. Outdated concept. But the, the general thought of that, yeah, you're going to have to go through some things. Mm-hmm. Looking back, I don't think that ever was like, boy, Pete, this taught me a lesson. This is why I'm successful in business because of that experience during Hell Week in high school. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, with the camaraderie and everything like that is is one thing. And doing tough you, things together with people is, is another thing. Yes, but... There's a different way to do it maybe than you know, right. screaming and yelling and, you know. People like having to go to the yeah. hospital from dehydration. Yeah, I, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. think that there's better ways. <laughs> Anyways, okay, let's go on. Okay, so the other thing that I've identified and I have on my list is the interest in the investing model itself. Mm-hmm. So whether you're flipping land, flipping homes, doing something like like that's fun to you. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a game. You know, I understand for some people there's varying levels of like enjoyment with these types of things. But but typically the people that I've seen that do really well, like they actually like the deal. They like the, you know, they, they like buying properties. They like selling properties. They like, they like the whole thing. So it, they view it as a game sometimes. It's fun for them. And, uh, you know, they just like deals. They love it when they get a good deal. So I think if you have an employee position, like if you're an employee at a job, you can be good at it and also hate doing it. Mm-hmm. But if you are an investor, if you're a business owner, whatever, you have to like it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like every day. Every day doesn't have to be amazing. Mm-hmm. But the general, I don't know focus of it, you enjoy it. For instance, if you're going to, if you decide to get into some form of investing, house flipping or something like Mm -hmm. that, but you just, 
you just don't like it. But you think, okay, this is going to be a good way for me to make money. I see other people doing it or whatever. It's going to be a tough road. If, if you've got that mindset that you don't really enjoy it, but you think it's going to be great for making you money, you might want to find something else which you enjoy a little bit more. Life's too short anyways. Right. If you hate every aspect of it, you hate the actual model of it, you hate the idea of it, don't yeah, do it. I know. That's yeah. one reason why I didn't want to get into back into home flipping. It's fun to transform a property. You know, when we were talking about kind of my uh, progression from mm -hmm. in real estate, we used to flip homes, you know, way back when. And then we got into just kind of being um, real estate agents, you know, like representing properties for other mm -hmm. people and everything after another business we had for for an extended number of years and then we tried to we knew we wanted to get back into real estate investing and i just couldn't picture getting back into home flipping again because i knew everything that went with it like all the logistics of it the hidden things wrong with these properties mm -hmm. dealing with the contractors uh i just didn't like it that much Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that you can join our community for free at landconquest.com. Inside, you'll get all the resources, training, and support for building a thriving land flipping business. Once again, that's landconquest.com. All right, enjoy the rest of the show. So I I knew that, that there was something better out there. And that's kind of where land flipping came in and it kind of filled all, all my needs, I guess you could say. Right. So. I th that and, and that was... I. I go back to that one day we we're walking up in Newport and, and I had been saying, you need to do some sort of real thing. Cause that's what you enjoyed. And I could tell you weren't having fun in the other one. And, and again, life's too short. So there's no point in just forcing yourself to do something. And I kept saying real estate, but yeah, you were like, uh, oh yeah, I want to, but yeah, you went through all the different things that we knew of. I think just a lot of people don't know about land. Yeah, they that's don't. That's the issue. Well, I, I mean, I'd been in real estate for many years mm -hmm. at that point, and I didn't know. I had no clue. No, the the only ones that I was um, like introduced to around here in Southern California was the people who had bought bought land, or they somehow tied it up, and then they put those big billboards, and they just waited for a developer to come along, or you know, the something. city to move closer to the yeah. piece of land, so it's yeah. worth more. Something. Yeah, something. Mm -hmm. So it was more like they were speculative buying, or even just speculative locking up in a way, mm -hmm. you know. So when you came to me with this model, I was kind of, okay, like no one uh, buys land. Like, what, Yeah, how's uh, that going to make, like in the mm -hmm. long term, it makes sense. Okay, you're probably going to yeah. make a lot of money if you hold these things. But mm -hmm. like, how are you going to make money in the short term? Right, right. So. And, you know, and I was like, okay, we could start buying some land and just hold it and be like a retirement account. You're like, no, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm actually talking about kind of like flipping it. And I was like going back to the house thing. I was like, so what do we have to do? I, I imagine we were going to have to like put houses on it. I don't know. And you were like, no, no, like. That's not it at all, you know? So yeah. I learned a lot. And I think that a lot of people that if they learn about what, what land investing is, would feel the same way. Like, wow, this is amazing. This right. is fun. This it's a very is, unique business model. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of crossover. I like credit card points. We've talked about that. To me, that's really fun. And I think there's a lot of crossover with people who do that kind of thing. Or even, I don't do this, but like bank signup bonuses or things like that, where it's kind of that mindset. Like it makes sense. It's, it's logical. Game. Right. But it's logical. Mm -hmm. It's not like those kind of people aren't looking for bets. They're mm -hmm. not gambling. They don't normally have, you know. They're not buying crypto and just hoping it goes up. No, no. They might have a strategy with crypto. But yeah, they're not just doing like, I'm just going to buy it. And because no, that doesn't logically mm -hmm. make sense. It's that, But it's those types of people or optimizers. People like to optimize everything. You know, I think that that this is a really fun kind of game for them because once you understand the basis of it, you can optimize it. Mm -hmm. You can make small tweaks. It's fun. It's like, wait, if I do this, I could do that. You know, 
Right. Yeah, it's but it's gamified. And also that's why we talk about gamification. Is that even a word? I have no idea. Yeah. It feels like it is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's why when we do land conquest, which I should have when we we're talking about the course, if you're new, that was the whole theme of it was yes. a game because to us this is a game. It's not in, in a flippant way, like, oh, it's just a game, who cares? It's that it's fun. Along those lines before we go oh, yeah, into okay. the next one, I was thinking about this this weekend. And just kind of thinking about, I'm going to start running some ads for our business and everything like that. So Mm -hmm. kind of thinking about ways, hooks, they call them, you know, to get people's attention, you know. And I was thinking about this, like how to present it in a way that's, you know, maybe going to get someone's attention that has never heard of this business model or something like that. And I was thinking like, okay, what are are we doing here? We're we're buying land pretty much 50% off Mm -hmm. and then we're reselling it quickly. So that's that's pretty much what we do if you really boil it down. So I was thinking about like presenting it in that way. Like what if you could buy land at 50% off, unlimited amounts, how long would it take you to become wealthy doing that? Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you like literally just that, that simple. I mean, it's not, but it is. No, that's, right. But yeah. that's the basis of it. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. I assembled upon a discussion about, you know, those um, like we buy houses or whatever. I don't know what it is. Is that even still that company? I don't know. But it was something like that. Someone, someone was talking about that. They were saying, has anyone used this? Because I'm thinking of selling. And uh, this looks really enticing. Like I, I inherited this house. I've lived in it for a while, but I don't want to, I don't understand the whole thing. And someone was like, don't do it. It's a scam. You're not going to get as much money. Mm-hmm. And then someone's like, absolutely. You're not going to get as much money, but you're necessarily, but you're not going to have to do all these different things. And if for the right person, and then these other people are like, I actually did that. We were transferred. I just needed to get out. I didn't have time to make the repairs. I couldn't show the place. They made it super smooth and everything. And someone else was like, yeah, I've done that. All these people were coming out of the woodwork saying that they've used it. And this person was like, boy, I would have really thought that you would have been savvier. And they were like, I really would have thought you would have been savvier because there was a need. This company met it. It, it To me, it wasn't worth the extra, you know, I think they were talking like $15,000, $20,000. So this was mm-hmm. lower priced houses and stuff, but they did everything I needed. And, um, and I was thinking that there's, I think when you say 50% off land, people get confused, right? It's either because um, these people just need to sell whatever and there's no way they're going to go with an agent. They, right. They're not. They're either just going to let it sit there or they're not going to. Or you don't buy it necessarily at 50% of the price you could resell it for like right that second. But you have a plan to make improvements that then increases the value. Right. And a lot of people in their mind like, oh, that's more legit than the other way. But it's not. It's a service. It's it's both ways. You know, and some pri- properties are just so low, low priced that in their current whatever that an agent wouldn't touch it. Yeah. And they're not going to do for sale by owner. The business model is definitely mm-hmm. different than we both assumed at the beginning. Mm-hmm. We can get into that more more at the end, but yeah, I, I think it's just that people have to understand that because if they're hearing this for the first mm-hmm. time, that that's where they get lost. Like I'm not, right. we're not scamming people. We're not trying oh. to. That's where they think like, well, how are you buying that? Yeah, like how are you getting it that way? And oh yes, yeah. so there's not there's not a lot of agents out there that will oh, take yeah. a forty thousand dollar listing. Right, right. So and I don't you know. blame them. Right, we've been there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, unless you have a relationship with them where you're going to bring them a quantity of them, it's just, that's a lot of work for not much money. Right. Dependent on the location too, because $4,000 here is different than $4,000 in Arkansas, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things. And, and obviously a lot of these properties, we do some things to these properties. We might split them. We might, you know, get some brush clearing done. They're not retailable in their current condition in a lot of cases. So, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of things that go into it, but uh, we essentially we are the convenience buyer. 
Right. Okay. That was a tangent. Yeah, a little bit of a tangent. Okay. The other thing that's kind of consistent with real estate investors that are really doing a great job is they are always learning. Always. They're always learning new tactics, new skills, getting better at what they're already doing, and just just always have that thirst for knowledge. Right. So if you're if you're stagnant, things will likely go downhill pretty right. quickly. And that's so. why community is important. I, I don't know yes. how many businesses we have started and been successful at because we've joined communities and we've learned, even as a lurker, just absorbing the information, reading between the lines, that there's so much value there. Speaking of which, we do have a community. Yeah, and that's why we make community mm-hmm. as a, a very important part of uh, all of our programs, really. So we've got our Land Conquest community. If you want to find it, just go to landconquest.com. As well, uh, we have communities as a central aspect of our you know, mentorship programs and things as well. As we were talking about community, very, very important for learning mm-hmm. um, and inspiration and support, all those kinds of things. So that's kind of the next thing I had down, but you kind of segued into it beforehand. So, oh, did I really? Yeah, but, but learning is, is, is very important. There's lots of ways to learn. You learn by doing, first of all, by doing more deals and everything like that. And you learn from experiences of others where the community ties in. Uh, you learn from formalized training. So uh, always kind of um, having that thirst for knowledge. And, me, and you also learn by tying in knowledge from maybe seemingly unrelated things like books and and podcasts and all that kind of stuff. So, and it may not even be about investing. It may be about self-improvement or something or like that, which you can tie or... into your business and apply to your um, your business. So always be learning. I think that's a, that's a really important cornerstone of successful real estate investors. And then as you mentioned, the community, uh, we'll just mm-hmm. touch on that briefly, but we already talked about it. Like, you know, within the community, it's, it's great because you can kind of be that... Uh, what do you call it? A lurker? Lurker. <laughs> you know, typically joining a new community. Do you do that normally where you're just kind of like if you find something you're interested in, you join a community or are you just pretty much reading everything you can learn? You're asking a question you know the answer to. Right. I'm just. Yeah. But for are everyone setting else. setting me up? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I do. Once I get interested, I, I it's, it's probably borderline obsessive. Borderline? Um, you know, but that's exactly that. I want to know every, if I'm interested in it, I want to know every single thing I possibly can. Like that's, I dedicate that. And then I start to feel overwhelmed. Like I'm sure most people do once they get into a new thing and I step back and I say, okay, how can I implement this? But that's like one of my favorite things to do is to learn. And I'd say you're pretty much the same way too. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. yeah so I'm like, well, mm. that's exactly how I started this whole land flipping thing. Right. Like I heard about it. It sounded great to me. And then I bought a program on it and I think I, you know, took me a weekend or whatever to go through all the stuff in it. And I was like, I'm doing it. So, and then I just started reading everything, learning everything I could about it. There was just kind of limited information out there at the time though. So mm-hmm. it's kind of piecing things together that, you know, it was more difficult. There's a lot more good information out there. And specifically because of us, we're trying to really uh, put a lot of stuff out there specifically for free as right, well. So. Right. There's a lot of crossover with other real estate. Maybe you're already a real estate investor or you want to be in real estate investing and you know some in you know different ways, flipping land, I mean, flipping houses or just developing all that different stuff. There's a lot of crossover that you can mm, use. Yeah. So even if you, obviously we want you to join our community. If you're in other real estate investing communities, le- listen to what other people are saying in that space. Even if it you don't think it directly applies, it probably does to some extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can identify people that are doing really well, try to kind of reverse engineer what they're yeah. doing so you can be successful as well. That's why we put out our um, our income reports. Yep. I think it's invaluable. If that's the right word. It's super valuable for people who are thinking this might be for me, but you know, what can I do? 
And so we show that like, this is what we're doing. We hope you beat us. Like there's room at the top. There's, you know, rising, go ahead and say it. A rising tide raises all boats. Exactly. Thank you. So um, that's what we have those. Where do people find those? Uh, the income reports? Oh, mm-hmm. in our community. We've got them posted in their Land Conquest community. It's under the classroom tab there. So you'll see all of the past income reports for over two years now. And where's the Land, land Conquest community? Oh, that's just landconquest.com. Cool. Okay. That's it. Okay, Heather, the next item that I have on my list is the willingness to take risks but not too much risk. And that goes along with the next one that you have is confidence. Hmm, yes. Those play into each other. So so risk is one of those things. It's if you're not going to risk something, you're never going to get a reward. Mm-hmm. But they have to be calculated risks, not just I got this gut feeling. You know, one of these types of people is like my gut's telling me to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's based off of, you know, that's that's all they're going by. That may work in some situations, but you're going to get burnt. So you got to base it off of data. And calculated risk. The more you learn, um, the better that you will be positioned to take the right risks. It all ties back to learning as well. But you got to have you got to have the um, you got to be a little bit of a risk taker, but doing it in, in a calculated way, not like a uh, Wild West style. Anything goes. Just uh, calculated <laughs> risks. You got to be willing West to take West calculated West. risks. Right. Yeah. So you got to have that personality. Type. We, we talk about that a lot too. That don't force a deal. That's mm-hmm. the same kind of thing. So you need to make your you need to take risks based off facts. You know, I I said before, like facts, not fear, you know, that stop people. But the same thing should be like, uh, what's the opposite of of like blind faith versus Mm -hmm. facts? Right. You know, you need to have your in both of these. Blind faith versus evidence based. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. So are you looking to scale your land flipping business quickly? Well, we're happy to present our new cutting edge system built specifically for land flippers. Take a look at the Land Conquest business system today and you'll gain full access to a customizable pre-made website, CRM, dedicated phone numbers, text automations, 24-7 support, and more. It's basically a business in the box. Go to software.landconquest.com to learn more. If you are just ultra conservative that you can't imagine risking anything, you you might have a little bit of a difficulty in this business unless you can get past that mental block. Obviously, being conservative is fine and everything like that, but but it's um, if you're skewed too far in that direction, you're going to have a hard time doing deals, you know, making decisions on on that part because nothing will ever be good enough. You know, nothing nothing will ever be perfect. So it's going to be hard to to really make it in that business unless you can kind of train yourself to be willing to take those risks on things that uh, where the evidence is there where you actually you know feel feel pretty good about it. I feel like you're like trying to do some sort of therapy on me right now. Well, we're a good yin and yang. So, <laughs> I'm probably skewed more towards the other direction of mm-hmm. being, you know, if my gut tells me I think this is a good deal, I would just go for it, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you're more on the conservative side and you hold me in check a lot of times, I think. So, we're we're a good combination. Yeah, you push me and I pull you back. Yeah. Something like that. You hold me back. Yeah, exactly. I know. I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) But yeah, but it comes down to facts Uh Yeah. and evidence. And if neither of us can, can, you know, show that either way, then we're like, okay, it's probably, we're probably forcing something. Yes. Next thing, confidence. You get, you know, and like you said, it does kind of tie into Mm -hmm. the last one, but confidence is important. So like the evidence shows you that a deal was there, you got had the confidence to actually do it. Right. And that builds up too. Mm-hmm. I talked to a lot of people about, it seems 
insurmountable at the beginning of pricing properties because you're kind of like, I don't know, you know, if it was so clear cut, everyone would do it. Right. So you have to be good at gathering information to come up with this. And then you need to say, hey, I've done it. I've done this. I've I've put in my time. I need I'm, I need to be confident in myself that that what I'm seeing is, you know can be used. Right. You need to say, okay. And that, that also goes through the whole facts. Like you're not doing, it's not like I, I sit down tomorrow and I say, I'm going to be a surgeon. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm confident I can do this. No, but after, you know, going through eight years of school and then, you know, another eight years or whatever it is of, of having someone do certain, like you, at some point you're going to be like, Hey, I've put in my time. I'm, I'm confident what I do. I know yes. that I can do this nose job and it'd be no problem. Job. <laughs> and the nose will come out looking good. I was thinking appendectomy, but okay, okay we'll start right. with nose sure. jobs. <laughs> All kinds of different surgery. Okay. But yeah, so. it's, it's the same kind of thing. You know, you, you, you need to say, you need to uh, just say focus on the facts and, and evidence and stuff and, and go with it. But but then also accept, hey, I am good at this. It's, you know, what's that yeah. imposter thing? I think a lot of people get hung up yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about that crap. No. Yeah. And if you don't have, honestly, if you don't have the confidence at the beginning, mm-hmm. say you're new to doing deals or something like that, then leverage other people in your community, people that uh, maybe whose opinion you trust, and try to siphon off some of their confidence. If they say, hell, this looks like a great deal, then maybe, Mostly, yeah, you know, yeah, maybe it is. Right, right. So. <laughs> but um, also they could watch your deal. You've got some deal videos. And oh, stuff yes. That, deal that evaluation are, calls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've got a whole library of hours and hours of these calls where basically I'm just evaluating deals and evaluating them like I would look at them. Like if I were to, they're deals submitted by students and I, I just go through them, look at everything I would look at and determine what I think it's worth. So right. you'll get a lot of confidence just by doing that process many, many times over. Right. So. And then if you don't have someone just, you know, that you would felt like you could trust to do that. We also partner with Pete, which mm, is, yes. it's kind of a side benefit of that is that if you want your deal, f- you know, funded, you're also going to be looking at it to make sure that you want to fund it. So it's kind of a, a byproduct of, you yeah. know, and then also obviously not I'm not going to fund a deal if I'm, if I'm not confident in it. So right. if I don't think it's a deal. Right. And that's partnerwithpete.com. Yeah. Partnerwithpete.com. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's your next? Oh, <laughs> conservative underwriting. I mean, I know a lot of these are kind of related in a way, but I always think of when I say underwriting, it's just evaluating the property. Mm-hmm. So whatever type of investment you're doing, but it's good to be positive and confident and everything like that. But you should really keep the the numbers in check, you know, like don't always project the best case scenario. Mm-hmm. Maybe look at things from the other angle, like a conservative projection, like, you know, we're kind of worst case, maybe not absolute worst case, but like conservatively, what do you think would be like kind of the lowest you would get when you resell this property or, you know, do your exit plan? Let's do actual numbers. So like, let's say that you're, you're trying to figure out the value of a property. Okay. And there are, there is one resale that's a hundred thousand and one resale that's 50,000. Mm-hmm. And then there's more that are between the 75 to 50,000. Mm-hmm. An overly confident person would say, oh, mine's going to be 100. I'm going to sell mine for 100,000, right? <laughs> yeah. And a truly pessimistic person is going to be 50,000. Uh-huh. I'm going to err closer to the 50. Right. Where are you going to go? Yeah, yeah, pretty close to there. Right. You know, first of all, I try to look at those mm-hmm. exact comps and say, mm-hmm. okay, why was that one 50? Right. You know, is it? Was there a problem with it? Was it a so, cliff? Yeah. Right. Was it you know, like, so, like- so I look at stuff like that and mm-hmm. it, it, if it's clearly an outlier and I could justify why it's, why it's an outlier, then I will get rid of it. Mm-hmm. But if, if it's, you know, if it looks exactly like my property that I'm buying or very similar, 
uh, I would have to go on the conservative side of things and say, okay, maybe this thing is only worth 50. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, it, it would be great if we buy it for 25 and sell it for 50. That's fine. That's, that's a decent deal. But if we buy it for 25 and it ends up selling for a hundred, that would be a, a super awesome deal. Right. But uh, I'm not going to project that it's going to go for a hundred. It happens, happens. Great. But we're not banking on the hundred thousand. No, no. And, and that's where we talk about like, where do the facts lie? That means like looking at those things, not just, you know, a lot of people will come with to you with deals and just they'll they'll show you just the hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Like this right. is what it's gonna do. Right. And you're like It's possible, I right. guess, but I'm not willing to bet the farm on it for sure. Well, that was a cute little Okay. <laughs> little thing. Farm land. Yes. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So And then measuring progress. Yeah, yeah. Tracking past results. Mm-hmm. First of all, to give you confidence in that and sometimes I think we we get too caught up and pushing forward and looking at what we did or didn't do this month or whatever, but, but looking back and saying, okay, I've done hundreds of deals, right. you know, look at all that we've accomplished. Look at all these deals we've bought and sold and everything like that. Like that's keeping a perspective on that, I think is really important for your confidence going forward and uh, to continue to continually grow in this business. So tracking what you've done, I think is really important. So you could see what you've been able to accomplish so far and always try to improve on those results going forward. I so. actually was thinking about that yesterday because um, I have the joy of doing all of our bookkeeping. And I know that don't, is joyful. Don't be, don't be jealous, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Control yourself, especially you. But I was thinking about like, and I was doing all this stuff. I'm like, man, you know what? Like it, it wasn't actually, I wasn't even looking at numbers. I was looking at uh, transactions. I was like, because entering the purchases and the sales are it's actually pretty easy. It just takes a little bit more time. And I was looking and I was like, I have 125 transactions to enter. Those weren't all mm-hmm. buys and sales, but there was a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking back to it. I was like, I used to be able to do this every day. I could pop on and just kind of get it done. And now I'm like, no, this takes me like a few hours a day. I like doing it. Not a complaint, but um, I don't see, you know, kind of like you, you won't see a, a family member for a child, especially for a couple of years. And, and then you'll see them or whatever. And you'll be like, oh my gosh, they're so they're so different. You don't see that progress in your business. Yep. And I think that that's why the measuring your progress and having a, a, a time that you set up all the time to kind of look at and say, just celebrate your joys. And then, you know, like, wow, look at how far we've come. But also to say, okay, where can we do better? It's super, super valuable. Um, a lot of people, they ask about bookkeeping and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's great to get a bookkeeper. That's makes sense. However, I think that you should be entering in a lot of the transactions because there's a lot of stuff that I see that you don't see, but there's a lot of confidence that I get as somebody who is more pessimistic than optimistic. And that's very helpful for me. You say we make money when we buy. Mm -hmm. I make money when I sell, Right. which is just a personality differentiation, right? Right. Um, And so the actual act of, of entering in that money is a big deal for somebody with my personality. For you, it would be tedious and it wouldn't matter because the reality is that you already that transaction already happened. Yes. It's out of your brain. Right. But for me, when I'm entering that, that's, that's like, okay, this is working. So anyways, go on. I'd like to think of that about it in my own mind that every Mm -hmm. transaction we do, every trade that we do, like buy or sell or whatever, Mm -hmm. we're taking a step up. Right. You know, like we're, we're climbing this big staircase mm-hmm. and sometimes you should look back and say, wow, I came up all these stairs. Right. Yeah, right. Kind of, kind of amazing. And that's why I keep a whiteboard. I have got, I've got a whiteboard right behind here. And I, every month I track all of our numbers and, you know, it's different than our actual, you know, you keep the, the books and everything like that. But I, it's just a visual way for me to see everything and, you know, just be able to see how much <laughs> we've done and, and, uh, 
hit my goals. I was so confused. I seriously thought we were still in 2023. And I was like, how does he already know December's numbers? This oh. is the, I'm like, he's he's literally like losing his mind and he's doing like weird projections. But yeah. but no, we're not in 2023 anymore. We're in 2024. So we're in 2024. I've actually shifted my, this whiteboard is full and mm-hmm. I don't want to erase it. So I actually did a new a new whiteboard <laughs> so in my like office. Just create like the podcast studio is just going to have whiteboards from every yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that yeah. sounds fun. When people come over, I'll be like, don't mind all the whiteboards. It's yeah. just Pete's brain. Three years. I should show this. Three years of months and everything on here with all, all the all the data that I track. But it's good stuff. Keeps me focused. And uh, I think it's a very important thing for investors to do. You need to understand how your brain works because mm. for me, it's entering numbers and spreadsheets and I like QuickBooks and all that kind of stuff. And for you, you need this. Right. I have a spreadsheet as well that I really reference mm-hmm. quite a bit, but. But this is this is how you do it. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we measure progress and then you said, focus on building a business and not just being a hustler. Yes, yes. That's, Thank you for the one I read this. Focused on building a business, not just being a hustler. Okay. There's a guy that I've, I uh, follow on social media. Well, I'm where he, that's, where this story is going to huh? go. Is he a hustler? Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's one of his big messages. And you got a quote on what's his name? Uh, he actually lives close to here. Uh, Kent. I'll okay, figure it out. Creepy. Maybe. What are you like spying on him? No, no. I know he lives in San Diego. Oh, but, okay. But okay. anyhow, he always talks about that. Like he, you know, he has a mentorship and everything where mm-hmm. he talks about, you know, you've got to let go of that mindset of being just a deal maker, you know, like buying and selling, like doing all this stuff yourself, like being mm-hmm. in the mix and all these things. Uh, you've got to focus on actually building the business and the systems and the teams and everything like that in order to progress past a certain point. You're going to that that will get you to a certain point, but it won't get you to the big leagues. And it's important to have a life. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, you know, every time we pay employees, it's a chunk of money. Mm-hmm. And sure, we could do it ourselves, but not really not to this not to this extent, not this well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like our team members. I think they do what they do really well. And they're, you know, well worth that money. But it was just, it's dumb to, to to think that you could just do it all yourself. Unless you're satisfied with... A certain level. Right. Yeah. A certain level uh-huh. of activity, a certain type of, you know, maybe you do three deals every month and you're just happy. You just want to be fine at that level and you don't want to bring in other people into your business. And you just don't want to progress it for us. Right. Point. And, and, and I can it respect could be that. that. Yeah. yeah. Or to family members. And, and we get a lot of questions about that too. We should do... Yeah, yeah. I we were, we're just talking about that, mm-hmm. like, like uh, building a business with with your family. Mm-hmm. So yeah. oh, that's very enticing to a lot of people, and I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I used to think, oh, we're very lucky because our girls are all that kind of minded, and I love working with them. I love being around them, so it makes sense. But there's a lot of people that are that feel the same way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, when you're focused on building a business and progressing past that person, that's just the deal maker. You're focused on building a great team mm-hmm. because people are what make businesses. Mm-hmm. And if you build a team, a great team, great people involved, then uh, hopefully you will have a great business as a result. Mm-hmm. Also a big part of that, building systems and processes. It's not just about kind of bringing on people on the team. You've got to organize them. Everyone's got to have set tasks. Everyone's got to have uh, systems and ways that they do things that are very repeatable so you can do more and more volume and get better results. Mm-hmm. And then continuously looking at higher value things and handing off the lower value tasks to team members. Mm-hmm. So it's been a continuous process for me since we started this business. And so I started it, you know, as a solopreneur pretty much. And then gradually building the team, gradually taking tasks that I was doing. I was doing everything, taking tasks off <laughs> my plate. I, you do a lot too. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, Thank you. <laughs> sorry. I mean, as far as the deals go and everything. <laughs> like on that. Air you're, there. you're the money person. So without you, there would be nothing, Heather. So good recovery. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's the uh, focus on building a business, not just being a hustler. And also, when you say lower value things, it's not even a financial thing. There's a lot of our team members do things that are very high level, high value. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's about where it's about the identifying the things that can grow the business or that you don't like doing or that you're not good at doing. Right. It's it's about growth mindset as opposed to like. I need to I need to be focused on the tasks that are uh, having the biggest Mm -hmm. impact on the business, the future of the business. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The other thing is a systematized approach. You're following an exact business model. That's kind of a a very important constant with successful real estate investors. They're following an exact system. Now, that system could change over time, but you have to have that clearly defined and know how you're bringing in the business. And obviously, the first thing and one of the most important things as a real estate investor is that you have an ultimate focus on bringing in your leads, you know. How are you bringing in your leads? How are you bringing in your deal flow? How are you bringing in all your deals and everything like that? So you may have one way, you might have multiple ways, but but the ultimate focus needs to be on that. And then obviously you've got a lot of other things that go along with that, like converting those leads uh, better and everything, but it all starts with the leads. If you've got a lot of leads coming in, then things seem to work out. Right, so the takeaway from that is that you need to have a system you can tweak that system. You should tweak that. Sh- it, you should it be should learning. And it should be changing. Yes. Right. It should. You say, this doesn't work for me. This doesn't. But you need to have a system. That's with anything. If you're going to start here to get there, you wouldn't like, if I was going to go to LA, I wouldn't just start walking what I perceive as north. Mm-hmm. I, I need to know how to get there. Right. And if there's traffic, I'm going to reroute. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how you have to look at it. And then it's it saves you from making stupid mistakes. Yes. Yes, lots of uh, stupid mistakes can be avoided with the right systems. Thank you for that. Those are what we consider to be characteristics of, you know, successful real estate investors. Do you have a great deal under contract? Well, submit it to partnerwithpete.com. The Partner with Pete program is a deal funding program where we will actually use our funds to complete the purchase of the property. We will do every other step of the process, including the due diligence, the transaction side, the marketing side, and the transaction on the resale side. And when all the dust settles, we will split the profits 50-50. There is no downside for you as an investor, only upside. So once again, go to partnerwithpete.com, submit your deal there, and let's get it funded. The next section here that we get into with the podcast is we highlight questions from our community, our Land Conquest community. And what I do is I cherry pick four different questions each week, and I send them to Heather in Slack. She reads them on her phone during the podcast here. And I don't look at them beforehand. She doesn't. So it can be doesn't. really fun. Yeah. So, yeah. And then a uh, fun little um, tie in with our community here and, and hopefully uh, get into some different types of topics. So right. wh- what do we you, got, Heather? Well, if you want to ask your own question, oh, yes. where can they do that? Yeah. Just simply go to landconquest.com. Join the community. It's on the school platform if you're familiar with that. And uh, we'll see you over there. This is from Ebony. Land trust. Hi, all. I have a newbie question. While pulling my data list, I came across quite a few land trusts. Should I send mail to them? Are they likely to sell? Thanks. Yes, definitely send to land trusts, LLCs, Mm -hmm. corporations, any of that kind of stuff. People hold their property, the title to their properties in many different ways. And we've purchased many properties from sellers like that. Mm -hmm. So I, I wouldn't see any need to kind of not send to those types of people. Are there uh, any that you don't send to? Well, if it says Coca-Cola or if it says, uh, you know, some Chevron or something, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to send to those like Fortune 500 type companies or big, big companies because they have their own processes. If they have extra real estate or something like that. They have their extra, they, they have their know. processes yeah. to, to dispose of those mm-hmm. properties. And they're not going to answer a letter from me in the mail Hi, and P. say, hey, yeah, is- oh, you know, it's not. <laughs> Ken it Coca-Cola. Is, yeah, it's simply <laughs> not going to happen. So we definitely 
filter out all those types of sellers. It's a manual process, obviously. You got to read through the list and and take off some of those people. But And some of them, I'm sure, slip by and it's not a big deal. So don't kick yourself if you accidentally send a letter to, you know. Yeah, that's right. General Motors. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Horse says... Um, Relist a property on the MLS. I have a property that has been on the market for 250 days. We got two financed offers, but I'm looking for a cash deal. I don't want to lower the price because the agent told us that it's priced right. Therefore, I thought to take down the listing and relist it in a few days in order to get a brand new listing. Is there any benefit to relisting a property on the MLS? So you're going to come at this one as a real estate professional and as an investor. Right. Go ahead. Well, a number of things from there. First of all, been on the market 250 days. The price has not been reduced the price is too high. I have questions. Like, why did they not take the finance deal? He's like, I got two finance deals, but I didn't accept them. I would imagine they're probably asking him to own or carry. Oh, that that's, kind of finance. That's the way I interpreted okay, it. Okay. See, that I was I thought it was just mm-hmm. ones where he was, they were getting loans, but that right. would make sense. Okay. Yeah. Anytime you, it's listed for too long. Right. 250 days. I mean, that's like, what, nine months or something like that? Quick math. It's mm-hmm. uh, eight months, something like that. Anyhow, it's, it's the price. The market is telling you, okay, there's an imbalance here. The market is telling you that it's not the right price. Right. You know, the fact that you got some kind of owner finance type offers is telling me that like, okay, these buyers realize it's higher price, but if you carry the financing, it'll work for them. It'll work for them. So you have to lower the price. Uh, You know, obviously the agent, who knows what their motivation is. They want to keep the comps at a certain price in this area or something. I don't know. But the price is too high. Right. And it just shows that no matter what someone says, if the actions speak louder than words. Right. And it hasn't sold. There's been no action. Right. Yes. I, I think I'm actually laughing at myself that I didn't pick up on the finance thing. Okay. Well, you know. Thank you for not The other thing is, me. you know, you want to you want to evaluate <laughs> to make sure the listing looks good. Obviously, mm-hmm. make sure the photos are good. Make sure the description is good. Uh, I would definitely get it relisted on the MLS. You know, typically if you're going to relist it's unless it's been off the market most areas unless it's been on the market for 30 days it's going to that days in the market is going to continue so if people are looking at that but i wouldn't worry about that i would get it relisted with a price reduction i would make sure the photos and everything look good and if they don't look good then i would send someone else out to get some better marketing photos even if it's the agent's responsibility i would hire someone myself to do that and uh, just just get it done. I mean, ultimately, the responsibility to get this thing is sold is yours. If that agent didn't do a great job, then you might want to consider mm-hmm. maybe looking at another agent. Right. It, it, let's take the emotion out of it. Mm-hmm. No, There's no attachment to this agent. They didn't get the job done. Maybe they tried their best, and I hope they did, and it just didn't work out. Yeah, and but, maybe the agent sold other things for you as well before, so it's just an anomaly. Who knows? But. Right. doesn't matter. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. End of discussion. But um, I want to reiterate something because a lot of people get confused on that. Just by relisting it, even with a new agent, that doesn't necessarily make it a new listing in the MLSs. Mm, It's dependent on the rules in in those areas. So you would need to find out if that was really important to you, how long you'd keep it off. But the problem is if you keep it off, then you've just wasted 30 days because it's the dollar amount that's going to sell it more than the days on market. You're not going to fool anybody. If they're into land, they're not going to be like, oh, it's a new listing. They're going to know that there is already listed. Exactly. Yeah. Even if it shows up in the new listing, you know, you could see on Zillow or Redfin and everything, Mm -hmm. you could see the history of the property. You could see it was listed for 270 days before um, and it didn't sell. It was like expired Mm -hmm. or something like that. So So I don't really see much of a incentive to just keep it off the market in that case. So So make sure it looks good. Make sure the pictures are good. Get it and a new agent and reduce the price. Yeah, possibly a new agent. Right. You just have to evaluate that. Maybe, yeah, maybe Mm -hmm. if you say, yeah, I understand that you want, if you want me to get top 
top dollar. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that, but I just want it sold. Right. Make sure the, mo- You're the they boss. understand you the motivation. You can determine what the, what, the, what you want to sell it for. Yep. Okay. Chase says, second phone line for mailers. Hello, everyone. I'm starting out with, this is a side hustle. LLC is formed and I'm about to send off my first mailer. I'm looking to get a business phone number to put on the mailers, but I want to keep the same phone. This way I can see that whomever is calling is from a mailer so that I don't miss a call. I see services online that offer this, but does anyone here have a recommendation for which one to use? Thanks. Okay. Well, I may be a little skewed my opinion here, but if you go with the land conquest business system, which is the platform, which we run all of our business on, and we've made that available to all of our students or anything, anyone that wants it now, uh, you get five phone numbers included with that and any area codes that are available that you want. So basically, you know, we've got people on the platform. We do this too. We, we have a number for a particular region, you know, Southeast. We have a number for the Northeast. We have a number for all these different areas, which then forward, we can forward them wherever we want. The cool thing is that you know, these calls get recorded in the, in the system. So you can listen to them. Even if you're sending them to a call answering service or anything like that, you'll be able to listen to those calls and uh, pick up some additional information. You could text from those numbers as well and all the standard stuff, but call out, you know, receive calls, all that stuff. So I think that's a really good option. There are other services out there like Google Voice and, and you know, some, some other ones like that, but it just depends, you know, how you're going to kind of set up your whole business. Right. I mean, it just makes sense because if you have it all in one thing and, and you take those steps away, you don't have to be like dictating messages. Yeah. You could be buying and selling properties. Oh, by, by the way, to find out more about that, it's mm-hmm. software.landconquest.com. Nice. Okay. Um, Kenneth says, does Pete Reese fund development deals? We have, It's always weird talking about you in like the third person. We have properties available for development in Arizona and I'm looking to get them funded. Development means minor lot split, adding a well, electricity, permits, site work, etc. We have preliminary due diligence on zoning, lot split regs, regulations, realtor opinions, and timeframes and have contact with local agents who can leverage their relationship with well drillers, surveyors to speed things up, etc. Does Pete Reese fund these types of deals? Yes, Pete Reese does fund those types of deals, but with some caveats. Uh, Pete Reese does not. No, I'm just joking. I'm not going to keep doing that. It's, it's Pete also Reese awkward. Is awesome, yeah. <laughs> what I look for is time. Mm-hmm. You know, these. Um, there was a, a key word in there: minor subdivision. So typically, a minor subdivision is a quick process in most areas, in a lot of areas, not mm-hmm. in California. But if you've got a, an area where you can simply get it surveyed, maybe do a couple of other things and get the lot splits done that way. I am all for it. Uh, any of those longer term processes where you're investing a lot of money and you're waiting a long time and you're going to these city, these meetings and things like that. I'm not into that at this point. I'm not to say that I wouldn't do some of those longer term projects sometimes, but our main business is buying and selling quickly. Mm-hmm. So I love lot split type scenarios like that. If it's a matter of putting and uh, dumping in a ton of money into infrastructure and roads and all that kind of stuff. And I'm building not, schools for yeah, them. Yeah, I'm not, not going to be doing that. But if it's a simple uh, lot split, maybe some some site imp- some basic site improvements and things like that, I would be interested in something like that. And in fact, I love situations like that. Those are really good ones for, for both the investor partners and us as well. Does minor lot split mean um, the number of lots it'll turn into or does that mean the amount of work that goes into it? Well, it typically means the the process in a particular mm-hmm. area. So in some areas, it's anything that's 10 acres and above would be considered a minor subdivision. If you can create 10 acre and above lots. So like say you have 100 acres and you could create 10 lots off of that that are 10 acres and above, it would be considered a minor subdivision lot split. So that's a very simple process. In a lot of areas, it's simply a matter of getting a surveyor out there 
and staking it off and then, you know, recording it with the county and getting it resold. But, uh, you know, the, the major subdivision comes in when you're making a lot smaller than whatever that that cutoff is in a lot of these areas. So, so it's designated by the local area. What would mm-hmm. what would make it's it? It's their term for, you know, uh, the parameters, how to evaluate a particular subdivision. Mm-hmm. OK, got it. Yeah. Well, was that it? Was that, that was all? it. I know. Okay. Hmm. You pick them. So oh, I, I thought you'd have better questions for me. No, those are know, good questions. I know. I know. Uh, more questions or put me more on the spot. Yeah, okay. no, I guess oh. it's it's this weather. Considering but... I picked them, but okay. <laughs> That's always fun. Yes. Well, anyways, that was another great episode. Um, that was fun. Where can everyone find you online? At Partner with Pete. So that's where you can find me on Instagram and TikTok. LinkedIn, I'm going to be spending a lot of time building in my LinkedIn and posting more things there. So if you're on that platform, check me out over there. And then as well on YouTube, at Turning Profit. And obviously in our community, landconquest.com. So Sounds great. I know that's a lot of stuff. I'm kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. There's links to everything below, right? That's right. Okay. That's the most important thing. So, um, but thank you for joining us and we will see you all back next week. We'll see you then. Have a good one. All right. Thanks. Ready to start turning profit yourself? Head to turningprofit.com to step up your real estate investing game. See you on the next episode.